Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. You may have heard of hangover helpers, but what about supplements that aim to alleviate post-festival struggle? Health-conscious ravers have caught on to a new breed of supplements formulated specifically for the day after. The multi-billion dollar EDM music festival industry was shuttered amid the coronavirus pandemic, with live event organizers canceling or postponing large gatherings. With the pandemic far from over, a new kind of cancel culture has taken hold in the festival scene. To get an idea for how the pandemic has impacted supplement sales, I invited the CEO of Rave Doctor to come on with us. Joining me now is Scott Bartnick. Welcome to the NutriCast. Hey, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me here. So, Scott, this is a pretty niche category. For those who don't know, what is Rave Doctor? So, Rave Doctor is basically an anti-hangover supplement, and we market it specifically to the EDM community. And it's designed for kind of those long festival days and helping you recover and get more energy throughout the event. So if you think about it, it's kind of a mixture of multiple multivitamins, uh, but specifically marketed and designed for the EDM long days, activities, drinking, partying, things like that. Rave Doctor was your brainchild, right? Yeah. So I actually, this was my idea. We founded it about five years ago and it was my first uh, entrepreneurial experience and first business. So it was a great learning experience and uh, Definitely as a new entrepreneur at the time, it was my whole heart and soul as I was building this company. And how did the idea for Rave Doctor come about? I think I read online you had quite a story about it. Yeah, so there's two sides to it. So we had some friends who had um, incidents at music festivals, and our goal was to produce more education. And just being an education company alone wasn't going to do anything because no one buys education, especially in that market. So we needed a product that would sell, but would also raise awareness. And so that's really what our goal was to do is to raise awareness to situations inside the community. And that built the kind of the concept of why we built Rave Doctor. But on top of that, the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, really motivated me personally to start a business. And so it was the mixture of the two that kind of led to Rave Doctor. You know, some might say that your products promote drug use. What do you say to those critics? We're an anti-drug company, so we don't promote drugs. We don't talk about drugs. We're we don't want people using drugs. I, I personally don't use drugs. I think that education is the most important thing out there. And there's a lot of companies that are really focused around education and trying to give back to the community. And I, I think that sometimes I can be looked at negatively, but I prefer to give people the right information than have bad situations happen. And education is important, but your website does reference long nights and depleted serotonin. I mean, I think most people would, you know, link that to MDMA. They could, and that's not really the goal. I mean, serotonin can be depleted from just partying and high adrenaline and endorphins from a long day of partying. So that's, our, our product is not formulated for drugs. It's formulated for people that are going to festivals and just experiencing a good time. And there's different levels. So it's supposed to be a, a mood a kind of balancing supplement. You said you started the company about five years ago. What has been the feedback in those years? And have you noticed a shift in consumer behavior since you started? Yeah, so the feedback's been great. We're actually very lucky. We built a very strong community around our brand. Uh, We have a whole bunch of ambassadors. It was a slow start as a new entrepreneur, but especially in the last two years, we had huge growth, three, 400% year over year. And then obviously with what's going on now, we've had pretty much the Rave Doctor product itself has dropped to almost zero sales. But we sell a product called HydroRx, which is under the same umbrella. And that one's been doing very well. And it's a similar formulation. It's initially formulated for the festival industry. We've actually been slowly rebranding it more towards sports and fitness just because of the fact that there are no festivals out there. 
Interesting. Is it a dietary supplement? Is it a drink? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's kind of like a powdered Gatorade slash emergency. So it's a electrolyte formula and it has amino acids in there and a lot of things for muscle recovery. So it's really designed to, the whole concept was for people that are dancing all day and have muscle fatigue it's designed for that. And it's sugar-free, low calories, keto, vegan friendly. So it was really trying to speak to the community and what we thought that people were very interested in. I think that's especially on that vegan side, that was one of those things that Rave Doctor was not initially vegan. And that was one of our big pushes is the community kind of gave us a negative feedback just because, you know, a lot of people in that community are vegan. So um, we made sure that any product going forward would be vegan friendly. It's really interesting when I look at the rave culture, say from, you know, when I was in high school and college versus now, I feel like the wellness trend has really taken a hold. And this rave culture is so much more health conscious. Yeah, absolutely. So we have people take our supplements every day. Like I said, it's designed, it's got a 5-HTP in there. So it's designed for kind of mood enhancement and kind of helping people level set. So people with minor depression issues that obviously this is not a medicine, it can't be used to do, treat anything like that, but they use it to kind of help mitigate those issues and avoid prescription medicines. How involved are you with the R&D process? Is that something that you're involved in or do you leave that to someone else? So the R&D of the actual formulation is done by a medical doctor. My background's in engineering, so I do the operation side. So I'll help actually finalize the formula, but the, the approval and the design is done by a medical doctor. And then I'm just helping actually get it formulated by a manufacturer and get it out to production. Got it. So, of course, you said your sales have been impacted, but also I imagine the pandemic had to impact your supply chain as well. Have you noticed it taking longer for your ingredients to arrive? Yeah, so we got hit really hard, um, especially with the HydroRx. That was one that was less affected by vessels being shut down, but more affected by supply chain. We had all our packaging was done overseas and we had packaging go missing. I was sitting on docks when we reshipped it. It was it was really a mess. And so what we've had to do is first off, just get through that. We actually collected product from every warehouse and tried to consolidate and get it on Amazon. And we were lucky we only went out of stock for about four days. And going out of stock on Amazon, it's really negative when you're in competitive product or a niche to go out of stock because basically it like drops in the ranking. But we were able to get it back in stock. And then what we did was we just ordered a significant larger amount. And then we also had backup suppliers. So our packaging, we ended up having to basically next day in the US and we paid crazy rates, but we just had to get our product back in stock. And now we're, now we're flowing well and we have multiple suppliers to prevent that from happening again. Things have gotten mostly back to normal, would you say? Yeah. So we had a lot of redundancies. We had two fulfillment centers and two suppliers for packaging. And so we were lucky that we were able to have that already preset. But right now things are flowing pretty well. Uh, we're continuing to run the business as normal and we're just ordering larger quantities and having more regular shipments just to make up for any potential losses. And I have to imagine customers are understanding right now. I think they are. I mean, during the, the pandemic, our lead times from Amazon went out about 30 to 60 days. That's just because Amazon changed all their shipment standards. Uh, but we had a backup supplier. We actually use ShipBob. And I'm a partner with ShipBob. I, I work with them. I do uh, fulfillment for a lot of other companies. I help build their supply chains. They were very lucky that they had a lot of procedures in place to protect them. I think their lead times only dropped by a day. They were not doing two-day shipping for us. So we still went from two days or one day out to about eight. But that's still much better than what most Amazon sellers were doing, which was around 35 to 50. And you mentioned some of your other roles that you play because this isn't your only company. Tell me a little bit about your background because it's pretty interesting. Yep. So I graduated the University of Florida with a degree in industrial and systems engineering. 
I went to a Fortune 500 company and worked in operations management and sales and a leadership development program and kind of was hand-led through their program and, and training. I got the opportunity to work with execs and I realized that it just wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted. I, I interviewed a lot of executives and kind of learned what they were doing, how, what their work-life balance was, even how much they were making. I just realized that the time they were putting in, it just wasn't a goal for me to do that anymore. And so that and the four-hour work week, like I mentioned, really kind of shifted my mentality and I launched my first business. And then soon after that, I launched the five-day startup, which is an Amazon consulting firm. And then this year, uh, during all of this, uh, Rave Doctor actually almost bankrupted myself and my business partner. Uh, we had more inventory than you could imagine for EDC Las Vegas. We were very ramped up for a huge year. We had spent pretty much all our, our savings the year before on marketing. And we're ready to kind of take that back in in profits. But uh, we launched uh, Otter PR, which is a PR company. And that one has really been doing amazing. And it's kind of uh, the breadwinner right now and where all my focus is. Do you foresee yourself refocusing on this post-pandemic? I know it's kind of hard to imagine, but where do you see yourself with Rave Doctor in, say, a year or two? So I think Rave Doctor is always going to be one of my favorite businesses. It's it's the first business I ever did and we'll definitely be investing. I think that a lot of the investments is going to go into the HydroRx line. That will be through the next two or three years. And the goal is distribution with that, bring in more flavors, uh, more styles of packaging, different units, different quantities, things like that. And really getting that into the stores and building that into an everyday brand. I think uh, one of our competitors, which is you can't compare apples to apples, but it's uh, Liquid IV, which they do upwards of $10 million a month. Uh, and, and we're nowhere near there, but that's definitely a goal is to kind of get into stores and, and build that brand into a, a household name. That's a pretty lofty goal, but I did read on Yahoo Finance that you make 80000 a month. Uh, we actually just crossed 120 this month. So it's been a crazy, crazy year. I actually, like I mentioned, um, about six and a half, seven months ago, I was almost bankrupt. I had $60,000 in loans. I had about $100,000 in inventory that I had to pay off and I had about $500 in my bank account. And I was very scary. Um, but with my business partner, we were able to kind of push through all of that and really build a company that does good for our clients. Uh, the PR company, we just had one of our clients on LA Times. She's a local artist and uh, her gallery has basically sold out when people can't even go into the gallery because it's still closed. So being able to help other people while building a business that saved me from going bankrupt is actually a very rewarding process. Rewarding, but also very impressive. I mean, I'm sure you realize how fortunate you are to have such a versatile background. I'm incredibly lucky. I think uh, going through college, becoming an engineer was never my goal. Business is my passion. And I don't think I quite realized it, but entrepreneur is obviously my passion. And I, I really wanted that engineering degree to give me a validation. I worked as an engineer after to make sure that I, I kind of earned that degree in a sense, but I use that every day. We do operations management, supply chain optimization. Anytime we have a really big week in the sales, we'll go through and we'll, we'll pause sales and do an optimization of the entire company. And that's why we're able to scale so quickly and succeed is because we're always making sure we're providing the best level of service possible. And we do that by actually pausing our sales and making sure that we're not kind of losing our core values as we scale with so many clients and with, with so much going on that it's, it's a very mathematical mindset that, that sets that up. And then you have the marketing as well that kind of helps you, you build and scale that. Based on your website, you sold over 100,000 bottles in nine different countries. I'm curious, what countries are your top sellers and what is the attitude of dietary supplements and things like that when you compare it to the United States? 
Yeah. So Australia is probably one of our biggest ones. They have weird 5-HTP rules. You can't sell 5-HTP internally. So I can't hold inventory in Australia, but I can ship in. I don't really understand why it's not illegal there. It's just kind of their rule. Uh, so we do get a lot of orders from Australia. And unfortunately, our, our lead times to Australia are pretty long. But we also do a decent amount in Europe. Uh, Germany is a good one and just kind of sprinkled all over Europe. You know, as somebody who owns a company, that the dietary supplement business is very unique. It's not really a food. It's definitely not a drug. So we've got different rules here. How do you navigate that with all the different countries and their various rules and regulations? So we limit where we can ship. We've done as much research as possible. We have a, a small legal team that advises us and we do kind of keep up with that. And our manufacturer also helps us with those regulations. They're very involved in helping us scale. And that's part of the reason why we've been so lucky and able to do that is they're, they're giving us rates of scale when we're not at scale, just knowing who's running the company and the potential. Uh, we actually had to pull our inventory from Canada due to the Health Canada regulations. So that happened, I guess, a year and a half, two years ago. And we haven't been able to get that Health Canada. We're actually in the process of finishing it up, but it's like uh, normally it's about a nine to 10 month process. And because of COVID, basically they've stopped reviewing applications. So we're just kind of on pause waiting for festivals to pick back up and then we'll finish that application. Canada was actually our, our biggest second market. So we're going to get back in there as soon as we can. Just thinking about when things pick back up, what has been the discussions inside the rave community what are people saying do they understand that they can't go to raves right now in various music festivals or are they very eager to get back to life in that scene so i i mean you're dealing with a younger community I, i'm not sure what the average rage is of people that go to festivals but it's definitely uh, probably maxes out at like 30 i think they're more interested in going back to the festivals they're not the ones that are really being affected i think most of my friends who have gotten covid have recovered very quickly Obviously, the whole importance is not giving it to people with pre-existing issues and elderly. So everyone's very understanding. They're just a little anxious and a little bored, but sitting by and hoping that something comes up soon. What do you think? What are your predictions for the scene? Uh, I think that it needs to stay closed at least until 2022. Uh, I don't have any medical background in that sense to give a, a good educated opinion on it, but I think that it's important to try to stop the spread as much as possible. I th honestly, my opinion would have been that we should have had a longer shutdown and tried to get this down to zero. Obviously, people are trying and it's, it's a very tough situation and there's, there's really no right answer. 2022, I mean, that, that's pretty conservative. Most people are saying next year. I mean, we're based on safety. I don't think it's going to be safe to open festivals next year. I'm sure that some small festivals will happen, but those are mega events for spreading. I know in Orlando, where I'm located, downtown opened and pretty much everyone in downtown got COVID within the matter of a, a week and a half. So I couldn't imagine an event with 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 people. It's just every single person there who hasn't had it would end up getting it. So it's just, to me, it, it's not safe right now until we have some better protocols in place. Absolutely. I'm not entirely sure about various countries, but I know at least here in the U.S., especially in the Sun Belt states, it's been pretty rampant in recent weeks. Yeah, uh, I think Florida's become the center uh, in the last couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm not sure if that's still the case, but it's, it's definitely not a good situation. I think that the news has kind of dropped how serious it is, but it's still a very serious situation. I'm very much in support of waiting till it's, it's safer to happen. Mm -hmm. 
And as somebody who has a supplement brand, you obviously have research backing some of your claims and things like that. Science has really been under attack recently. What are your thoughts on this attack on science? My background is as an engineer, so it's going to be hard for me to comment with uh, the right information. But I think that there's so much misinformation out there, it's hard to trust anyone. I think that you should pick a, a family doctor or a medical professional that you really do trust and um, go by what they say. So uh, in my opinion, masks do help and that everyone should be wearing masks. And I think that as an everyday person, that is one of the best things we can do is try to limit our contact with people. Social distancing is definitely important and then wearing a mask. And I mean, that's the only real opinion I can give. Mm-hmm. As somebody who travels the world, I'm, I'm sure that's been hard for you staying in Orlando and not being able to travel as much. But what's, uh, what's your schedule like these days? I know you spent some time in Thailand and you've been kind of all over the place working from various countries. What's in store for you and what do you hope to accomplish in the next year or two? Yeah, of course. So I actually spent pretty much the entire year last year traveling Southeast Asia. So I went all over the place. And then I came back to the US uh, for EDC Las Vegas, pretty much right before all this happened. And uh, haven't traveled since really buckled down, especially with that near bankruptcy. But uh, actually I have a trip planned. Uh, in four days, I'm going to Tulum, Mexico. We were supposed to go to Thailand, but that uh, the country is still closed as far as I'm aware. Uh, so we weren't able to go there. So I'm excited to kind of get out in the US a little bit and, and take a small vacation. I definitely feel like I, I deserve some, some break. Uh, but the next two years, I think it's really gonna be focused on honor PR. We're going to be building that out. Rave Doctor will be on a side project and a passion project. But my main focus will be auto PR and kind of helping other people develop marketing strategies to build their businesses, especially looking at smaller businesses. A well-deserved vacation for somebody who off air told me that you don't believe in weekends. <laughs> I will have my laptop and I will be working uh, most of the time. So separating from work is hard, but building out process to put people in place to kind of take over your jobs is a really important part of owning a business. So again, back to Tim Ferriss, he, he teaches about automation and putting the right people in place. And so we have an amazing team here. I actually, we hired seven people this week to allow me to take a break. And so we're, we're building out an extremely amazing system and building out process where ideally you become a business owner instead of an employee. And they're really, my focus now is to become an owner, at least for that month and take a little bit of break, but still make the large decisions for the company. Well, best of luck in that endeavor. And also, please stay in touch and let us know how things are going. Of course, I'll be happy to get on there. We can talk about uh, the Rave community rebuilding. Absolutely. Scott Bartnett, co-founder of Rave Doctor. Thank you so much for joining us here on the NutriCast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast on iTunes. And for even more Nutra-related content, you can always head to NutraIngredients-USA.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.